This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by President and Founder of Living Sport, Alicia Marinelli. Living Sport is a domestic and international sport business program that gives students the opportunity to gain experience and network with industry professionals all across the world. Their most recent trips include volunteering at the Ocean Man Open Water event in Greece and Super Bowl 55. Prior to founding Living Sport, Alicia worked with the New York Knicks, New York Rangers, and Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs in minor league baseball. To learn more about Living Sport, visit www.livingsport.com. I hope you enjoy the show. Alicia, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Well, it's it's my pleasure. And, you know, I came across you, one, on, on social media, but we had one of our students, Nikki Maroney, went on one of the trips with Living Sport down to the Super Bowl last year. And, and I want to get into what Living Sport does, because you guys do a really, a lot of cool opportunities for, I mean, not just sport management students, but anybody who's working in the, or has an interest in the world of sport. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your background. You know, we'll, we'll get into the Living Sport side, but you had a, a pretty nice career in both amateur and professional sport before you got into the travel programs. Yes, in short, let me start. I am the students I travel with. I was a sport management major undergrad, and then I went to grad school, got my master's degree in sport management. So I knew right out of high school, sport was something I wanted to make my career, and really, I wanted to make my life. It's pretty funny because now I own a business called Living Sport, right? But um, after grad school, I worked in the NBA with the New York Knicks. I worked in the NHL with the New York Rangers. And then I went on to minor league sports. I worked with the Harrisburg Senators, the double A affiliate of the Washington Nationals, and then the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the triple A affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. And that is a pivotal time in my life because I went from professional Madison Square Garden, New York Knicks to minor league baseball, where Brandon, I found myself in minor league sports. I like to be the bigger fish in the, you know, the smaller sea. So after that, though, I made a choice. This was probably the most pivotal choice in my career is I hit my ceiling at the Iron Pigs. I loved my staff. I loved my job, but there was nothing more I could do to grow as a professional. I got into the sport of cycling. Okay, cycling. A lot of people in my network said, are you sure you want to go into cycling? Because it's not popular here in the States. But I started managing a velodrome, which is a French word for bicycle racing track. There is one in Pennsylvania, one of the largest in the country, and it's well known around the world. And that enabled me to start traveling international all over the world, Italy, Barcelona, all over Europe. And that's where this concept of living sport and traveling to gain experience in the industry came about. So that's interesting because, you know, I talk with a lot of students who, you know, I ask, well, what do you want to do? I want to work in sport. Okay, great. You know, there's a million different things you can do in sport. So, you know, you start it big. I mean, you can't really start a lot bigger than Madison Square Garden in New York. And then you go to minor league sport, which I think is a, is a great experience. It's minor league, but if you're looking to get your break, it's a great experience. And then go into Olympic sport. So, you know, as an undergrad and even as a master's student, 
did kind of like what your dream or, or your career path on what you thought it was going to be, did that pan out or did it kind of change just depending on your opportunities? Brandon, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I love okay. sports so much. I knew that I would be happy working in any aspect of it. And I've always been a learner. I've always just liked to learn everything that was going on. Even when I was working in college, whether it be at a restaurant or I worked at Lowe's Home Improvement, like I always wanted to learn every role I can to be best at whatever I was doing. So along my career, I took the opportunities when they came. I never said no. And I just built it out from there by taking every opportunity that comes your way and not being picky, you're making yourself a well-rounded individual. So I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that if somebody had an opportunity, I would show up, I would learn the job and I would do it extremely well and also do it with a smile on my face, right? I would bring something to the office atmosphere that people like to be around me because I provided energy and just that, that want to be there. So I think that was a little bit about my path. Like I didn't necessarily know where I wanted to go, but I just kept following it and I led with passion. I think there were two things you said in that answer there. One, that I hope students take out of that. One, never say no. And that's something I, I pound home. I try to pound home every day with our students. You, you just never know who you're going to meet, even if it's an opportunity that you don't think, ah, it's not a good fit for me. You just never know because sports is such a small world, as I'm sure you can appreciate. <laughs> and then you said with a smile on your face, and, you know, everybody, students, we, we just got done doing resumes in one of my classes, and, and everybody says, well, I'm a hard worker. You know, well, that's kind of the minimum you need to have to work in this industry. I like that you said, you know, you've got to have a smile and you've got to be positive and you kind of kind of uh, bring it every day. Am I close on that? Yeah, absolutely. I would also say that hard work saying that you are a hard worker, that's relative to what you think hard work is. Mm. So you really have to prove why you are a hard worker. And that's why speaking of resumes, that's why it's important to include statistics and things that you've actually done or increased at an organization, because that is proof that you are a hard worker, not just saying, hey, I'm a hard worker. Again, great advice. You know, how are you bringing value to that organization? So a lot of good stuff here in five minutes for students that are listening. Um, but now tell us about Living Sports. So about uh, five years ago, you kind of caught the travel bug and you saw this opportunity to get students involved, going on these trips, getting some experience. So what do you do at Living Sports? Sure. The best part is it started as a passion project. I was working full time in the event industry and I started traveling internationally. I saw this opportunity that I was in Milan, Italy, and it just hit me like, wow, like how did I get myself here? I was just a young student, a female and sport management major. And now I'm in Milan, Italy, working these bike races with people from all over the world. I said, this is an experience I wanna give to students who were like me. So um, I had a full-time job, worked 40 hours a week. And um, on my lunches and after, after work, I started working on living sport. So the goal of living sport is to provide an experience to sport management majors or students or recent graduates that want to get into the sport industry, a unique experience in sport that will help stand out in this competitive business and build a lifelong network of like-minded people. So it started off international travel experience, right? Our first trip was in 2017 to Barcelona, Spain and Milan, Italy. The next year we added in London, England and Dublin, Ireland. And it just kind of went from there. I decided, hey, it's time to 
get real with this and take this full time. I quit my job, my full time job in sport. And here we've been going ever since we've hit about 13 countries since then. And we started a domestic program as well. So perfect program to get experience at really cool events around the world and meet a network of people. Network is so important in this industry. And we provide a worldwide network to people. It's incredible. So tell us what it is that you're doing on these trips. You know, I'll just go back, let's just say from the Super Bowl from last year, having one of our trying students, Nikki Maroney, travel with you guys. It's about a 10-day trip. Tell us what goes into that. Obviously, you don't have to go into every detail of the day-to-day, but, you know, what can a student expect if they're going on a living sport trip? Sure. All of our programs are anchored by partnering with a sport event. Okay. So that's about four days of experience working an actual event. Now the events differ. The Super Bowl is a large conglomerate, right? It's much different than when I go uh, over and we just went to Greece, our first trip since COVID. In June, we worked an open water swim event called Ocean Man. And there we're basically running the whole show with their staff. Um, Super Bowl is a little different because thousands of people are involved, but there's always a work element. I want to give students that hands-on experience for their resume that they could be proud that they've done. And then the week is filled with conferences with local sport business executives. We have a mentor team that comes on serving as the group leaders, and they all also work in sports. So they're bringing their experience, their knowledge, and we're always learning. Even if we're walking down the street, say in Tampa, we're striking up business conversations. So it's a place where students and young professionals actually get a feel for what it's like to be a professional in the industry, kind of always being on, right? You're having fun, but it's also business. They're trying to build their reputation and build who they are in the sport industry. Um, it's, it's filled with tours whenever we travel. So here's a good one. When I first started living sport, I did some research. And at that time I was working in cycling and I had a lot of Olympians around me and I would talk to them. And I said, what, when you travel, what's it like? What did you love? What, what were you missing? And Almost everyone said this. They've traveled all over the world, but a lot of countries, they've seen a plane, a taxi, mm-hmm. a hotel, and the facility, the, the velodrome. They said, I would have loved if I was in Paris to see the Louvre, but that didn't happen. So on all of our trips, we take a day to really experience the culture of our host city. And that's really fun because I feel like there, it's business aside, we're developing people and letting them see all that this world has to offer. That's really special. So work experiences, conferences, culture aspect, networking, and of course, fun activities as well. We learned how to play uh, hurling in Dublin. Hurling is an Irish sport. Um, If you don't know what that is, look it up. I would say it's a mix between field hockey and lacrosse maybe, but um, it's a really cool sport we don't know much about here. I've, I've had the great opportunity to go on, on, on three similar types of trips where I've taken groups of students uh, specifically to Europe and we kind of participated in a junior Olympic type of thing. Um, but before that, we would have three days where we do just what you said, we would do excursions and you would really get a, a great appreciation for different cultures. And it really kind of helped inform the sport a little bit. Um, I'll never forget, I was coaching a basketball team and we were playing um, against a Romanian team. And, you know, here in the States, you just go up and you do the obligatory, I got to shake the other coach's hand, but really we just want to drill each other is all it is. Um, there, you know, the Romanian coach grabs me by both shoulders and kisses me on, on the cheeks. And, um, 
you know, wasn't expecting it. But as we kind of went through some of those cultural things and got to know people and in, in, in just the different culture, it was really eye-opening to me. And it just showed that, you know, sport is one of those things that really kind of transcends all cultures. And um, what have been maybe some of the reactions that students have gotten, maybe that was kind of pushed them out of their comfort zone a little bit, or they learned something new, like Ocean Man, not a lot of people know about that open water swim. So is there anything that you found where it's like, wow, I didn't know this existed, or, you know, we got to do this, and it, and it totally changed my views on this? Yeah, a lot of our events that we started off, I started Living Sport, I wanted to open up the mind of aspiring sport business professionals showing them there was more than just the big four when i got into the sport of cycling it blew my mind i knew nothing about it It was track cycling i didn't technically know it was an olympic sport um, i was just a total novice so our first event we partnered with uh, a company out of actually brooklyn new york it's called the red hook criterium and they do events all over the world but it was a cycling race so i brought 22 students to Barcelona and then the same to Milan, Italy, and then the next year back to Italy. And they learned what bike racing was in Europe. We don't know that here in the States. We know Lance Armstrong. We know that tour type of race, but we don't know a lot about velodromes or track cycling, which is an Olympic sport. So you just open up the eyes to people to see like, hey, there's more than just beyond what we know here in America right? Our sports, our NFL and our NBA, they're making a lot of money, but the passion people have for these other sports out there, um, look at European football, right? Like soccer. Um, that's a whole different game out there. So we, we've had the opportunity to go to the Milano Derby between AC Milan and Inter Milan. Um, we've, uh, we've, we've seen all types of stadiums. I would say this, between speaking different languages and everything we've learned in sport, the one thing is constant, that after you experience something like this, you have this confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. You're like, wow, I am doing this incredible thing. I could do even more incredible things in my life. And you come back to the real world after our program, motivated to be that great individual. Also, you've just been surrounded by the top dogs in the industry, I, I like to call them, right? They took a chance on themselves. They're traveling. They didn't know anybody and um, they motivate you too. So networking is the big piece that if you surround yourself by good people, you're also going to be good and you kind of feed off of each other. And we all love the big four here in the United States, but my students are always shocked when I say, you know, the top two sports in the world are, are soccer and cricket. And you would never know that if you didn't kind of expand your horizons a little bit. Um, so tell me about maybe some of the favorite places that you've gotten to visit as a part of living sport or just traveling because of cycling. Yeah, so I love everywhere I visit. You know, that's a question I get all the time, but it's really you're comparing apples to oranges because mm -hmm. wherever you are, there's something special. And if you really dive into the culture, there's amazing things you can learn. Um, I'm going to give my friends in Greece a shout out. Greece is probably the most beautiful place we've ever traveled to. Our event that we do with them is called Ocean Man Greece, and it's in a little village called Lemeni Village in the Peloponnese. And the water is electric blue, and you meet swimmers from all over the world. Ocean Man as a brand, they have events in every country, all of these really unique places to go. Even in fact, in 2019, we went to Mexico and our alumni worked in the event. It's the world championship. So how Ocean Man is set up, they have all these events around the world. And then at the end, if you finished in the top 
you know, X amount of, of swimmers in your race, you are invited to the world finals in said place. That year it was Mexico. So I would say that is a really visually nice place to be. And our partners are outstanding. I hope they're listening. I actually got a message from our partner last night, just like saying thank you for a great partnership and a great friend. And that like means a lot to me, but everywhere else, I love London because you know, it's, it's, you're speaking English, obviously we're speaking their language, um, but just the, the history behind it and the Royal family and that event, the Royal Windsor triathlon, we do right next to the Windsor castle you're doing these events in these incredible places and it's really hard to pick where you love. But what I say to the student, like, are, if you want to travel internationally, does your family have connections to a place? Do you have heritage from somewhere you want to go? What is most intriguing to you? And we have to calculate the place we're going and the event we're working and see what fits best. I see it. Yeah. I'm running the London marathon next year and I'm really excited about that. I've been there a, a few times and um, you know, it, it is, it kind of feels a little like home, obviously different. Um, but it's, if, if you're going to Europe, I think London's a good place to start because there's some other places, certainly a little bit more uh, culture shock um, than London. Um, so with your alumni, now you've, you've got a pretty nice alumni base. You've been doing this for about four years. Can you tell us about some of your success stories where students kind of went on a living sport trip and maybe made a connection or just that experience? They were able to use that as a stepping stone to, to something cool that they're doing in their career. Yeah, I have one person, I have a bunch that come to mind because we have some really great, great young professionals. But one gentleman, he was on one of our programs our second year in 2018, um, Dylan Hammond, who is now at IMG Academy as an assistant um, events manager. And he went to London with us. He worked the Royal Windsor Triathlon. So he got that triathlon on his resume. He had a really great resume coming in as well. Um, but afterwards he did such a great job on the program that I, I just knew he was, he was ready for a leadership role. So this is something I do with our alumni too, is we actually advance them as junior mentors if they're ready to come on another program and we full expenses paid to come and mentor other students on trips. So Dylan was right there from the start. So we invited him to Milan, Italy as a junior mentor and we worked a bicycle events, okay? So he got to see what European cycling was about. He comes back and he combined the triathlon experience and the cycling experience. He gets a job at USA Triathlon in Colorado Springs. Um, he, and he said his living sport experience like really helped him get that job because he experienced these events. He, when, when we're doing these events, we help them from the beginning, like the field is nothing. The roads need to be closed down and we have to build the venue from scratch. It's not like walking in a stadium. That's where the Super Bowl is kind of different, right? The Super Bowl, the stadium's already there. But with these other events, especially internationally, we build out the event venue and then we do everything that comes after that, right? Like welcome in the riders, welcome in the fans, and then execute the entire event. So USA Triathlon loved what Dylan had to say. He spent a couple of years there and now he's currently with IMG Academy. So 
to go down that that rabbit hole a little bit, do you think minor league sports is, is similar to that? Because I was having this discussion with students yesterday, and you know, I think all of them, if they have an opportunity, would love to work for the Knicks, right? That would just be really, really cool. Um, but you got such a big staff, and I feel like there's a little bit more of a silo approach kind of in professional sport where you've got to do this department and, and you've got these tasks. Where if you're working for the for the trash pandas, you may be doing ticket sales, but then you're doing game day ops and you may be helping out with marketing you may have to pull tarp um, yeah. um as you point to me which you can't see on the podcast but you know what i mean i love a good tarp pull <laughs> yes um so do you think there's a lot of value there or do you get a, maybe a more well-rounded experience kind of working in minor league sports there is an extreme value in minor league sports we all get into the sport management major wanting to work in the big leagues, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to deny that. I was that person too. But I am telling everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, you will grow the most as a professional working in the minor leagues. You said it, Brandon, you're doing everything and you are given responsibility that the New York Knicks won't give you, right? And if you have an idea at the minor league level, you could facilitate that idea and then you have that whole experience to put on your resume. Whereas if I was at the, the Knicks, they would basically say, hey, stay in your lane, your event presentation, you're not really events or ticket sales. So thanks, thanks for that, but like, hey, you're over here. But a quick story is when I was at the Iron Pigs, we could do any idea was welcome. So I was running at the time. I would show up at the ballpark at 6 a.m. before work, which I don't think you could do at major league ballparks. And we just utilized the facility like it was on our own respectfully. So I would run in the morning. I would take a shower in the staff facilities at work. And then I would show up to my office um, ready to go for 830. But I, I thought like, hey, the Iron Pigs never did their own 5K. Like, I want to do that. I want to I, I want to put one on. So I went to the general manager and the first thing he said is, I love the idea, but Alicia, I want you to put a proposal together, put it on paper, come back. And that's when I learned the value of a proposal, like just to get your ideas out, right? Put it on paper and, and make them fluid. So I put that proposal together. I went to him and he said, okay, I have one stipulation. And I said, what's that? And he's like, you can't work on this during business hours. I said, okay. So I would come in in the mornings, I would stay later and on the weekends to run this 5k, it was called the I run pigs 5k. And it was for our 501 C3 charity iron pigs charities. And that first year in three months, we, we raised $14,000 for the nonprofit. It then went on for a couple years after that I left the organization, I stopped tallying at $60,000 that this thing I created in my free time was giving back to the community. And then it was doing so good that I think they flipped it to a, a for profit event because it just got out of hand, but, and their main purpose is to make money. They're a business, right? So, um, that isn't something developing my own event inside an organization wasn't something I could probably do at the Knicks, but at the minor league level, I was able to do that. And you better believe that on my resume, I utilized that stat that I raised $60,000 for nonprofit through this event. 
That's a fantastic story. And, and again, I just think it, it, it speaks to the opportunities that you can have kind of at those lower levels. So um, glad, glad that you shared that with us. And, and also, you know, I, I want to talk about anytime I get somebody who's, who's kind of been, especially a female who's been at some, in some high levels in sport, just kind of your experience working as a woman in a traditionally male dominated field. You know, what was some of the experiences that you've had or, or maybe some of the advice that you would give to some of our female students? Yeah, so I have a lot of experience in this. I was that girl at 12 years old that was playing baseball with the boys. I was playing Little League Baseball and I made the, you know, did the district all-star game and I was the only girl on the, the boys team. So I was familiar with this. This was something that was always part of my life. But what I would say to women in this industry is be confident in who you are and what you have to bring to the table. Working in sport, I knew I loved it and I knew I knew what I was talking about. So at times, would males in the industry quiz me on players and player stats? Yes, they would. But guess what? I knew them. Um, I was, I, I knew everything I needed to know around me. But the biggest thing about being a female in sport is being confident in who you are. There's no denying that if you know your job and you're doing it well, um, the proof is in the pudding. So I say that a lot to other women, find other women who you can um, professionally like connect with and whether it be a mentor to or find a mentee or whatever it may be. But I never let the woman in sport aspect of me take over, right? I never made it a larger issue than it had to be because I knew that I was doing the best work I could do. And I think at the end, that's all that matters. Have I seen things that, that happen? Yes. But some things, um, some, this is a big sales quote is control the controllables. Mm -hmm. I could only control what's in front of me and myself. And that's what I focused on. And I like what you said there. I mean, you just, you're controlling the controllables and all you're responsible with is for your effort, right? And, and for what you can do there. So that's some great advice um, for, for any of our, our female students. And, you know, broadly, again, having working in sports and now getting to be able to be on the other side as a, as a mentor, although I'm sure you were doing that for, you've been doing it forever. What advice would you give to undergraduate students who come to you and just say, I just want to work in sport? Yes. Three things. Well, I have a lot of things, but I, I could think of three right now. Be self-aware. If you see people are doing great things around you, you must too. The time is now. I remember having a thought when I was in college thinking, well, I have three years of college left. There's time. Oh, well, I have two years left. There's time. Oh, I still have one year. No, the time is now. I see resumes from all over the world. I know that people, similar sport management students, have incredible experiences, multi-internships, and have a, they just have a lot to speak about. If you're not there yet, if you want a job in sport, you have to get there. You have to find opportunities. And an opportunity is a volunteer opportunity as well, right? So go out there, get experience, meet people in the industry. So um, if other people are doing great things, you must too. Number two, experience. Like, anything. It's competitive out there. And think about when you're thinking about sports as a, as a competitor, as an athlete, you have to do anything to get 
to the top. You have to get anything to make that starting lineup. So look at your career that same way. Hey, what do I have to do to be one of the X amount of people in their front office? And if you don't know where to start, use this tool called LinkedIn. It is the greatest business tool out there. You could search by organization. You could get people's names. You could contact them and be real in it. Be authentic. A lot of professionals in the industry will respond to you, but maybe not on the first time because we're busy in this industry, right? Um, we don't check our LinkedIn all the time. I do, but some people don't, but you know, like give people a chance and, and really call your local sports team. See if you could shadow shadowing at the beginning of your career is probably the best thing you could do. So go out there and find that experience. Lastly, Build an authentic network because without it, you might be out of luck, okay? If you don't know who is in your classroom, if you look to your left and right and you don't know classmates' names, that's a signal that you need to work more on networking. You should know everybody in your classroom because college is your first organic network in business that you have. So you have to start now, get to know people. I'm not saying you have to hang out with them on Friday and Saturday night, but in business, you don't hang out with your coworkers on Friday and Saturday night either, right? But you have to develop business relationships be, and, and then be there to help each other out. Um, a great example is group projects, right? Um, there's always that person who maybe doesn't do much, or there's always that person that is doing everything is what I should say. Um, that group projects are a great way to start your network because you get to prove to other people what you can do. So build an authentic network, build real relationships, get to know people for who they are. Not only, I don't like when people say this, you never know where they're going to be. I don't, I don't like that because you're not just building these relationships to use people to get you further. You should authentically want to learn about them. And then you guys could be business allies moving forward. And that's a great point. And, and I just kind of had to kind of check myself on that. You know, that's one thing, hey, build your network, build your network, build your network. And, you know, obviously I'm kind of from the view or, or from the lens of, you know, to help you, but you're right. I mean, when you've got that opportunity, you're going to go so much further if you're helping out other people and, and you get that opportunity to mentor or, um, or pay it back. So that, that's a great point, Alicia. Um, if people want to learn more about Living Sport, where can they find you? Livingsport.com or on social. I am Living Sport. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on LinkedIn. We're on them all. Uh, our next trip coming up is partnership with the Super Bowl host committee in LA, February 5th through the 15th, filled with work experiences, conference, meet and greets with sport business professionals, and uh, really creating a big, large network in the sport industry. There's going to be about 40 to 45 individuals on that trip. Well, it's going to be a large trip in uh, the most beautiful weather in the country, in my opinion, in Southern California. So uh, Alicia Marinelli, president and founder of Living Sport, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Brandon. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting host. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.